<laughs> we uh, are going to be looking tonight at a very important subject as far as I'm concerned, the Word of God. How we need to know the importance of the Word today and how we need to spend time with it to come to a better knowledge and understanding of God's will for us. And that's what we'll be looking at. On your outline there, you'll note the first, we're taught by Christ to search the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have an eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. John 5, verse 39. So, if we're going to learn about Christ... We need to go to the Scriptures. We need to study the Scriptures. Because they do testify of Him. They tell us what He did. That He went to the cross. Preston did such a great job of preaching on that this past week. We need to appreciate the fact that Christ went to the cross on our behalf. He was sinless. But he took our sins upon him when he went to the cross. He gave himself for us so that we might have eternal life. And so without the scriptures, we really wouldn't know anything about eternal life. We don't know a whole lot about it the way it is. Because it's hard for us to imagine eternity. But eternity is coming for all of us. We know that. We know as indicated on your outline there, that this life is temporary. If you pick up today's paper, you'll find an obituary column in it. People have passed away. And we know at James chapter 4, when he explains to us about the brevity of life, he says in verse 13, Go to now, ye that say... Ye that say... uh, uh, Today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. That sounds like our way of planning, doesn't it? But notice what he says in verse 14. Whereas, ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Life is brief. And we need to understand that, no matter how long it may be. Go with me to Psalm 90. In Psalm 90, look down to verse 10. He says here, The days of our years are threescore, that's sixty, threescore years, and ten, that would be seventy. And if by reason of strength, they be fourscore years. It is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off when we fly away. Well, Joe and I both have passed that fourscore. And we know that life is brief. We know we can't be here a lot longer. And I hope we get a little more time, uh, but we never know about that. Because we know not what's going to be tomorrow. Or if tomorrow will even be for us. So that's the thing that we need to understand. The scripture, 
that we have came to us from God. And how we need to appreciate that. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's very plainly set forth here where the scripture came from. Second Timothy 3, verse 16. Well, let me get the right place. <laughs> all scripture. What does that leave out when he said all scripture? Doesn't leave a thing out, does it? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is, now watch the wording here, and is profitable. Profitable for doctrine, that's teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's what God has given the scripture for. That we might know him, that we might know Christ, that we might know God's love for us in letting Christ come to die on the cross. So then, he goes on in verse 17 and says that the man of God may be perfect, complete, Thoroughly or thoroughly furnished unto all good works. How we need to understand then the significance of all that. That God has given us the Bible. But if we never open it and look at it, what good is it going to do us? We need to study. We need to search the scriptures as Christ said because they do testify to him. And they do tell us how to become a Christian. How to live the Christian life. All those things are set forth in the Word of God. And so we need to spend time with it. So I want to look at a few things that we find concerning the Word of God tonight. Look at number one there on your outline. It is a living Word. The scripture you have there, Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is quick. That word quick means alive. For the Word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4 verse 12. That really tells us something about the word of God. It is a living word. And we need to understand that and understand the power that it has. The word of God is where we find the power to salvation. Remember what he said in Romans 1 verse 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it, that gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also the Greek. Romans 1 verse 16. So we have so much given to us in Scripture that emphasize the need that we have to go to the Word of God, to search it, to study it, to learn how these things are possible. So God's word is a living word. It's alive. It's powerful. And when we study that word and live by it, we know that God has promised those who will do that an eternal home with him in heaven. So it's a living word. <laughs> and then at 1A there, it is the word of life. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Philippians 2, verse 16. The church has a responsibility to hold forth the word of life. The great preaching that Preston has been doing as we wait for our preacher to come be with us, 
has been so great. And we appreciate that so much. And he's emphasized the need that we have to know Christ and know what he's done for us. And the fact that we can have remission or forgiveness of sins through him. And I'm so thankful that for the good lessons he's bringing to us concerning that. So it is the word of life. There's no life without that word. No way one could know how to have life without that word. And that's talking about eternal life. <clears throat> also, it is the message of Christ. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Luke 5 verse 1. The people stood to hear something. What? The word of God. That was the message that Christ brought. He brought the word of God. He brought the truth. He brought those things which we need to know in order to have the eternal life that's been made possible for us through him. So then, these scriptures remind us of this. They tell us the importance of the word and how we need to spend time with that word. At number two there, it is the law of God. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Psalm 1, verse 2. Psalm 1 talks about the man that spends time with, meditates on, spends time with the Word of God. It's important that we do that. It's important that we understand the necessity for spending time for meditating on things God has given. We need to give consideration to it. We need to live by it. And we must do that if we're going to expect to live with God in heaven. The psalmist declared, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I will keep it unto the end. Psalm 119, verse 33. Teach me thy statutes. Teach me thy law. Teach me how that I need to live. That's really what that's saying. So God has given us his word to do exactly that. To teach us his way. To know how to live in a manner pleasing to him. To know how to be prepared for eternal home with God in heaven. And we're very familiar with Paul's instruction to Timothy. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 Rightly dividing. You know, it's amazing. You hear preachers on TV and the radio talking about things that are totally contrary to what the Bible teaches. I told you when I when I preached over in Cowan, I had a radio program, and a denominational preacher had a radio program, and he got on there and said, "These people get on here and talk about baptism." He said, "Baptism does not have one thing to do with your salvation." So the next time I went on, I just started off with First Peter three twenty one, and. Uh, I said, you know, I just read from the Bible, 
Baptism doth also now save us. If it is not necessary to one's salvation, why does the Bible say that? He never did get that one to say anything else after that. But people just ignore what the Bible teaches. And they have said that is. Uh, and uh, what you see there at 2C, no one, no one is authorized to add to or change the Word of God. I want to look at these scriptures. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Here we're in the first part of the Bible. And let's look at what this says concerning that. Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. It's pretty plain, isn't it? You can't add to or take from. You can't change the Word of God. No man on this earth is authorized in any way to change anything the Bible teaches. Now, go to Proverbs chapter 30. And here we get over to the middle of the Bible. In Proverbs 30, verse 6, Add thou not unto his words, lest he be, he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. We have people like that man I was talking about teaching today that baptism has nothing whatsoever to do with our salvation. But the Bible very plainly teaches that it does. So I need to listen to what God says, not what some man says. I've told you before, I don't want you to take my word. I want you to go to the Bible. I want you to look at it. I want you to know that you're doing what the Bible teaches. Now go to Revelation 22. In Revelation 22, we're getting over toward the end of the Bible. And uh, in verse 18, it says, For I testify unto every man that heareth these words, or the prophecy of this book, If any man shall add unto these things... God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. There you have in the beginning of the Bible, Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. In the middle, Proverbs 30, and verse 6. And here in the end, Revelation 22, verse 18 and 19. How could anyone read that and then come along and start changing what God has said. Yet they do. We have many false teachers today teaching things that are contrary. And unfortunately today, even some of those are in the church. Teaching things that are contrary to the will of God. And that's going to cause souls to be lost. And we need to understand that. So the word of God is his law. We must study it to learn how to become a child of God and live according to His law. All that's involved. And so we need to understand that. That's why the Word of God is so important to us. And why it is so important that we spend time with it, that we study it, that we learn what it teaches so that we know how 
to become a Christian, how to live the Christian life, and how to be prepared for an eternal home in heaven. It's interesting how the Bible describes the Word of God. Number three there. It is pure. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Psalm 19, verse 8. Pure. We know what pure means. It's true, it's right. And so the Word of God is pure. And we need to give consideration to it because it is. And also right there, it's perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. Psalm 19, verse 7. So in all this, we see the significance of the Word of God and how that we need to spend time with it, how we need to meditate on it and read and study what it teaches because the Word of God is trustworthy. Right at the bottom of your outline there, the works of His hands are verity and judgment. All His commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. We can depend on what the Bible says. God will do exactly what He tells us He'll do. And so we need to understand and appreciate that. <clears throat> and of course, the Word of God is effectual. Look at the top of the second page. The Word of God is effectual. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Isaiah 55, verse 11. We have so many verses in the Bible to emphasize these things and to tell us the importance of the Word of God. And I hope that we'll see the importance of being uh, true to that word in everything we do. Turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter 2 <laughs> and look at verse 13. <laughs> well, let's back up and, and start with verse 10. You are witnesses in God also how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. That's Paul writing. As we know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you into his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. <laughs> Notice the, the emphasis put, put on that. Uh, they received the word of God, which was preached to them, which they heard of Paul and others who preached to them. It's important today that we do the same thing, that we receive God's word, that we learn what it teaches, and that we live by it in order to be prepared for heaven. But God's word is also enduring. Look at E there on your second page. The grass withereth, 
the flower thereof fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. How long is that? Just what it says, forever. Okay. Go to Matthew 24. In Matthew 24 and verse 35. Well, take start with verse 34. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. He's talking about what he said concerning the kingdom. The kingdom was coming, and that's what he's talking about here. And he says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. God's word is forever. It will stand forever. I know that a lot of people have come along in this life and tried to make changes, tried to ignore it. When I was in the Air Force, stationed in Charleston, South Carolina, I worked with a man who preached in a denomination. And I usually kept a Bible in my desk and lunchtime I would sit there and work on study start making some notes and he walked over to me one day his name was Boyce Tease he said JC how long do you work on something like that before you preach it and I said well I don't know Boyce I said it depends on whether maybe I've used it before Uh, but I I usually work pretty good while on something before I preach it. He said, oh, you don't have to do that. I said, you don't. <laughs> he said, oh, no. Just get up there. God will tell you what you need to say. <laughs> so you know what he was. <laughs> but he and I did a lot of good discussions, but I never could do anything with him. Couldn't reach him at all. Wonderful person. But he just would not accept what the Bible teaches. He had his own thing that he was going to teach regardless. And as far as he was concerned, God was giving that to him, and that was right. And I told him, I said, now, boys, that just won't work. You need to go to the Bible. You need to study the Bible. And you need to preach and teach what it says know what you think is right and that's exactly what you're doing he was a good friend and I always enjoyed working with him but there was no way to reason with him he's kind of like my brother-in-law lives in Illinois he's coming up on his 85th birthday and over the years we've, we've talked the Bible he said oh the Bible is nothing but a book written by a bunch of men it don't mean anything (laughs) then that's the way he looks at it and you can't convince him otherwise and it's so sad that's the case but with so many people that's where it is they do not realize what the Bible is teaching when it sets forth the fact that the Bible is that the word of God is eternal it's forever It'll be here from now on. Over the years, a lot of people have tried to get rid of it, but it hasn't worked. The Bible is still here, and it always will be. 
Now, God's Word illuminates, that's F there on, on your outline, the entrance, notice the wording here, the entrance of thy words giveth light, giveth, but giveth the understanding to the simple. Psalm 119 and verse 130. God's Word gives light. Christ is spoken of as being the light. He is the one who came to reveal God's will to us. And we need to understand that. Go with me over to Hebrews 10. <coughs> In Hebrews 10, look at verse uh, 32. The call remembers the former days in which after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. After you were illuminated. It's God's Word that does the illuminating. It brings to light to us the truth of God. And so, in the early days of the church, people were persecuted. And we don't have so much of that today, but we do have a lot of people that just will not accept the Bible, will not accept the truth of the Bible, and they persecute us from the standpoint of refusing to accept it, get mad at us when we try to teach it, and that's what happens. But we need to understand uh, we are illuminated, are brought to the light of God through the Scriptures, through the Word of God. Now then, what should be our attitude then toward the Word of God? Everyone should stand in awe of God's Word. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy Word. There's part of the problem today. People have lost having all for the Word of God. <laughs> we need to understand that and appreciate what's happened as a result. <coughs> Go with me to Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66. We have so much given to us in Scripture to help us understand how and the attitude that we ought to have toward God's Word. In, in Isaiah 66, verse 1, he says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made. And all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. How many people trembled at the Word of God today? Very few. Very few. But that's the attitude that all people should have toward the Word of God. They should be brought to the fear of God, and that means respect and honor to Him as God. So all people then should tremble at God's Word. And of course, there's the need as read a while ago, for people to receive the Word of God. And he talks about that 
here in Acts 11 verse 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. That was a very great difficulty for the Jews that the Gentiles also could receive and obey the word of God. There was much false teaching going on as we've studied because people were trying to say they had to go back and keep part of the law. They had to do back, go back and be circumcised. And that was just not the case. It's not taught in Scripture. And then those who receive the Word of God know that. The Bible is too plain on what it teaches that those things are just not true. Now, Go with me to Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. <coughs> Pardon me. In Deuteronomy 32, look at verse 1. Give ear. O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doc doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall dis distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender <laughs> herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, describe ye greatness unto our God. Hear the words of my mouth. God is talking about the words that come from Him. And we've already noted very plainly in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 that all scriptures inspired of God. It's words which come from Him and we need to hear and believe and obey if we're going to have a home in heaven. So then there, under the conclusion, the only hope of salvation for people today is to believe and obey the Word of God. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Great passage. First Peter chapter 1 beginning with verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and unfeigned love of the brethren, see love one another with your heart fervently. Notice, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is of grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. 
the grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Just can't get any clearer than that, can it? So very clear that we've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. And when he talks about being born again there in verse 23, not of corruptible seed, but by the word of God. The Bible very plainly teaches then that faith comes by hearing God's word, Romans 10 verse 17. And so we need to spend time with it. We need to learn. Those who hear and obey God will live eternally with God in heaven. But those who refuse to hear and obey God's word will be eternally separated from God in eternal punishment when Christ comes again. Now go with me to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. And all we're doing here is looking at what God has said. We know it's his word. We know it comes from him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And we'll begin here with verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. All my states shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother, faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might know your state and comfort your hearts with Onesimus a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you they shall make known unto you all the things that are done here Aristarchus my fellow prisoner saluteth you Marcus sister son to Barnabas touching whom you receive commandments if you come to you receive him all this points out very clearly and very plain the importance of walking in wisdom and that wisdom can only come from one place and from the word of God go with me to one more verse Jeremiah chapter 6 Jeremiah chapter 6 we need to see the importance of hearing and obeying God's will in Jeremiah 6 look at verse 16 Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, Israel, we will not walk therein. There's where we find the great difficulty today with so many people. They refuse to walk in God's way. God's way is set forth in His Word. And if we're going to have forgiveness of sins and hope of eternal life, we've got to do things His way. We've got to do what He says do to become a Christian. Is everybody up in class? Ron? Okay, we have a uh, song already marked. We're going to sing and invite anyone who needs to come to Christ the opportunity to do that. The Bible very plainly teaches that if we will hear God's word, 
believe in Christ as his son, confess that belief before others, and then obey his command to be baptized for remission of sins. That's how one puts on Christ. That's how one becomes a Christian. That's how one is added to the church. Acts 2 and verse 47 talks about that, being added to the church. No one can join the church. God adds to the church those who believe, obey, repent, confess, and be baptized. So tonight we extend that opportunity to you. If you need to come to Christ, you have that opportunity. If you straight away and need to come back to Christ, you have that opportunity. And if in any way we can assist you, we encourage you to come while we stand and while we sing.